This is my very first podcast, so I'm not Oh, how exciting. (laughs) (laughs) And also, I'm sorry. Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, San Jose Sharks. And we are joined this time by Erica Town from Fear the Fin. Erica, how are you doing today? Mm, Not great. (laughs) It's been been a tough season. (laughs) How to tell you. Yeah, I mean, oddly, uh, so far, I can't totally relate, but, you know, it's early, so. I mean, we knew we knew it wasn't going to be great. I don't yeah. know. It's like, oh, it's not going to be this. It's pretty bad. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get into how things are going this season for the Sharks, um, since we haven't seen them so far, is there anything that happened over the summer that you think we need to know about? Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, so there's this guy named Eric Carlson. He scored 101 points. And then the Sharks decided it was uh, time to trade him, which um, in all honesty for a rebuild totally makes sense. Uh, so they traded Eric Carlson to the Pittsburgh Penguins just before the season started. Uh, kind of worked. I don't know what they worked out. Some three-team deal with the Montreal Canadiens. Um, and sent Carlson. And I think for the Sharks, the big deal about that trade was that they only retained – million of the salary Um, and they brought in three guys on shorter contracts because let's be honest we're in the middle of a rebuild so they brought in Mike Hoffman they brought in Mikhail Granlund and Jan Ruta who I mean they were supposed to help score but we're having some problems there (laughs) okay um so are any of those guys so far this season making an impact? I, I guess once we get into, I guess, how things are going for the Sharks, um, were any of those moves, like, were you excited about any of them? Or were they just kind of like, all right, this is what we're doing? I, I think from my perspective as a Sharks fan, I was more excited about what it means for a rebuild because let's be honest, $11.5 million for the next four years for Eric Carlson was not going to help the Sharks in any way. Right. I think in the sense that Greer moved out, a longer-term contract, brought in shorter-term ones. I mean, Hoffman's comes off the books soon um, at the end of this season. Granlin and Ruta are only signed for two more seasons. Um, the possibility that he could, I mean, if they end up, doing better as the season progresses he could trade any of those contracts for Mm -hmm. low-level draft picks um seeing that there was actual action taken in terms of the rebuild was what i was really excited about i will say that um as it is now hoffman has not performed well for the sharks granlin was injured for a few games so he hasn't really been able to establish himself with the team yet the hopes at the beginning of the season was that he would play alongside a young Ford in William Eklund. And they've started to be able to do that in the past few games now that he's healthy and he's with the team. But it will be interesting to see as 10 games in uh, William Eklund really starts going because he has a guy like Granlund um, playing alongside him at center. Okay. So you've alluded to the Sharks <laughs> having a bit of a rough start. And um, for those listening who don't know this, Sharks have played 11 games, 10 regulation losses, one overtime loss. Um, so not great. Not a great way to, to kick things <laughs> off. Um, you said that Sharks fans kind of generally were expecting this not to be a great year. I'm guessing kind of like Flyers fans, like we know 
where the team is kind of as far as rebuilding goes. So you're not really expecting much. Are you surprised though, that it has started off this poorly? I, I think I'm a little surprised in the sense that um, I think Sharks fans, what they were hoping for was that the games would be competitive. We all knew that we probably weren't going to be the best team on the ice. We all knew that we were, um, that we were probably going to lose more than we were going to win, but we, we were hoping that the games would be close. And I think one of the biggest things was that the Sharks as the season started really pushed this idea of, well, we're going to get more balanced scoring. Um, they brought in a guy like Anthony Duclair in the summer. They traded away um, Stephen Lawrence to the Florida Panthers, brought in Anthony Duclair. He's a former 30-gold scorer. We thought we'd get yeah. some goals there. Um, Mikhail Granlin was obviously supposed to help the offense. Mike Hoffman has scored 30 goals in the past. He was supposed to help the offense. Um, so all of these players were brought in with the idea that, well, we'd get more well-rounded scoring. We'd be able to make it a game. Um and that hasn't happened. Uh, as you said, 11 games, we've scored 12 goals, which really isn't great. <laughs> no, not great. And, and I looked it up because I was like, okay, well, what's a good, you know, for the podcast, what would be a good way to explain this? Austin Matthews has 11 goals. So we have basically, <laughs> like, just oh, him. He has 11 goals. Yeah, so, we like that. <laughs> um. Yeah, so, I mean, we had hoped that the games would at least be competitive. These, I mean, the last two were really, sad to say for Sharks fans, kind of unwatchable. (laughs) Mm. Um, And and that's what I think is really tough for us as a fan base right now, is that the team that's on the ice isn't competing hard enough to make them competitive games. So, on paper, I mean, obviously, this is a rebuilding team. Roster's not great. It's not optimal. But there are talented players on this team, specifically mm-hmm. Hurdle, who is mm-hmm. very fun and a very good hockey player. Um, given how poorly things are going, is do you think this is a coaching problem or is it a personnel problem? Um, you know what's interesting is that I've been thinking about this a lot because obviously everyone's looking for a reason why this is a problem I, I i don't think it's completely a coaching problem i actually think um the big issue is the fact that logan couture hasn't been playing this entire time um mm. he's the captain of the sharks he was injured in the off season when he was training trying to gear up for the season he wasn't able to kind of skate with the team during crane camp he's really trying to get healthy he has lower body injury um they thought that he was getting better and then he suffered a setback and he just hasn't been able to be with the team on the ice, even in practice, on the bench, you know, in game. And anyone who's watched the Sharks knows that Logan Couture is just a competitor. He's the kind of guy who doesn't matter what the score is, doesn't matter where the team is in a season, doesn't matter any of that stuff. He's still going to go out there. He's going to block shots. He's going to make hits. He's going to do what he can to do to make the team better. And I think that a lot of the focus is on coaching or what general manager Mike Greer has brought in or didn't bring in. But I think people aren't really looking at what Couture brought and brings to a team um, that really isn't translating on the ice right now that they could really use. So I think that's kind of what's not stopping this free fall. Yeah. 
So I know it's probably hard to find positives right now, um, <laughs> but is there anyone on the team that's performing particularly well? Yeah, I mean, there are, There, I think, I know that the scores don't show it, but the Sharks have actually gotten some really good goaltending. Um, in the offseason, they traded with the New Jersey Devils and brought in um, Mackenzie Blackwood, and he's played excellent. I mean, everyone saw what he did against the Colorado Avalanche to start the season. He stopped 51 shots and kept it to a 2-1. to one. I mean, that's the only point that the Sharks have is the 2-1 to one shootout loss to the mm-hmm. Colorado Avalanche. And, and Blackwood was phenomenal in that game. He just, I mean, 14 of those shots came from Nathan McKinnon, and he just stopped all of them. It was amazing. Um, and, and Capo Kakinen has done pretty well as well. I mean, the Sharks are giving up an incredible amount of high danger scoring chances. They're really not helping out their goaltenders that much. And I think the goaltenders for what they were have, have done extremely well in trying to stave off um, a lot more <laughs> than could come against them. And so I think the gold ending has really stood out. Um, and because this is a rebuilding year, we're bringing in young talent. Um, William Eklund is another one that's, been very good there have been flashes of brilliance it's kind of difficult when you don't have people that you may need to finish off the chances and opportunities that he's given other players on the ice but it's interesting to watch what's going to happen to him when he plays an actual full season because he was the Sharks draft pick in I believe it was seventh overall in 2021 and he's finally getting a chance to show that he what he can do in the NHL. So that one's a little fun one to watch too. Is there anyone that's been um, a disappointment so far? Um, <laughs> I mean, so, like besides the entire, the entire team. <laughs> um, the defense in general has been a disappointment. I will say that um, I guess if you're going to single a guy out, Mark Edward Vlasic, I mean, I think the entire uh, in the NHL, everyone knows that he used to be one of the, you know, go to defensive defensemen. He was the guy who would shut down your top line and not have a problem. Um, This season, he suffered a regression immensely. He was actually healthy scratch for a couple games. And I think that's that's something that hasn't happened since he was like 18 year old and broke into the league, you know? So this is um, in, in terms of just, a lot more disappointing. I think Vlasic's play and the fact that he's fallen out of favor with the coaching staff, um, that they don't think that he's doing the things that need to be done to help this team win is a bit of a red flag, especially because he's got two more years on a contract that's pretty hefty, a <laughs> 7 million AAV. So I think that's the one that's really stood out as Sharks fans are a little concerned about. <laughs> So outside of the goaltending, which you mentioned, is there any other part of the way the Sharks are playing right now that you could say is, you know, good? <laughs> so I will say that you were kind enough to ask me ahead of time. And so I didn't think about this. I really did. <laughs> and, I, and I think that the one thing that's actually be good, been good about the Sharks that I think that if, if you're talking as a fireside, they're, they're actually pretty good in the face-off circle. I mean... Okay. <laughs> So uh, we're winning the face-offs. We're just not winning the battles to get the puck out of our own zone. Um, guys like Nico Sturm, Tomas Hurdle, and Mikhail Granlin have all done exceptionally well in the face-off sc- circle. Um, they're all over 50%, um, which is probably the only part of our game that's um, above league average or winning. 
but so I think if that's something to kind of focus on, that would be one of the things. I was going to ask, I, I told you I was going to ask you the weakest part of <laughs> how the Sharks are playing right now, but it, it just kind of sounds like this is a team that just hasn't figured it out yet and kind of everything is not great. Is that, would you say that's accurate? Yeah, and I and I think it's a combination of things. I think it's I, I really do think that a lot of it comes back to that lack of listen, I love Tomas Riddle. I love Mario Ferraro. Those are the two guys that are wearing the A's for the Sharks. But like I think Couture brings something different. Hurdle and Ferraro are the guys that are smiling. They're happy, you know, they have energy. They're they're great people. But I think Couture is that guy that kind of gets onto the ice and says demands things of people, but then also mm-hmm. will go out and do it himself. And I think especially given the fact that there are so many new faces in the locker room, like we talked about, we talked about Hoffman, we talked about Grandland Duclair. There are just so many new faces in the locker room. I think that having Hurdle there to set a tone like that might have made a difference. And I'm not saying that we would have won, Right. But I am saying that I think the games would have been more competitive because I think that where we're at right now is just these 10 to 10 to one, 10 to two losses. Those are the ones that really hurt because that's just, they're not showing up the way they need to. So I, I, I think that's the weakest part is that they're lacking that kind of leadership on the bench. And, And that's not to say that hurdle or Ferraro or any of those guys aren't leaders. It's just the kind of leadership that Couture brings that I think is missing. Yeah. It's, it's really rough when, cause the flyers have gone through this as well stretches where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, we know they're not going to be good, but could they at least be watchable? <laughs> like particularly yes. for people like us who like kind of have <laughs> to watch all the games, like for some reason we've obligated ourselves to do. <laughs> um, so it, it would be nice, you know, if they're going to be bad, if they could at least make it something that's not painful to watch. And it sounds like so far this year, the Sharks haven't been able to do that. Yes. Um, you know, it's something as simple as clearing the puck out of a zone. The power play, which was, or not the power play, but the penalty kill, which had been one of their strengths last season because it was very structured. It was very, you know, direct. And all they had to do was, you know, keep the guys to the outside, clear the puck. They haven't been able to do that lately. And so it just, it, I don't, head coach David Quinn had said that we need guys to do their job and that they're relied upon to do their job. Um, and then we'll take care of the guys that aren't. But I think, and so I think that kind of speaks to what's kind of happening in the locker room with the players is that guys are trying to do too much. They're trying to do things. And so other players can't rely on them to be where they're supposed to be when they Mm. need them to be. Um, And, and it's making it, it is making it unwatchable because then you're having these missed zone exits. You're having potential rushes that get broken up in the neutral zone because the passes just aren't connecting. Do you get the sense that if things continue to be this bad, that the organization would make some kind of shakeup as far as coaching personnel or front office personnel goes? Or do you think that the org has just kind of like accepted that this is how it's going to be for this season? And so we're just going to 
trudge through it mm-hmm. until we get to the other side. I'll say that I don't imagine a front office personnel change. Um, yeah. There's never really been historically a sense that ownership really needs or wants to change the front office. And I think Greer, I mean, Greer's done what he's been asked to do in some senses. I mean, he's rebuilding a team. He's moved out massive contracts in the past two years. That, yeah, he um, didn't have were, a good, he didn't really have a good starting point, did he? He had a rough no. one to out of, yeah. <laughs> no, so he's digging out and I don't, and he's acquired first round draft picks. He's done what he needs to do. I mean, getting that fourth overall pick, it's quite clear that we will, we, we have our first pick this year, which is good. We also have um, Pittsburgh's, if they don't manage to uh, tank as well, we have Pittsburgh's first round draft pick, although they are um, top 10 protected. So he's acquiring draft picks. He's doing what he's supposed to do. So I don't see a front office shakeup. In terms of coaching staff, I think that David Quinn has a fairly long leash yeah. in the sense that um, he was working with expectations that weren't really high to begin with. But if if the losses like this, the not competitive, because I think that's one of the things that general manager Mike Greer really talked about was being competitive, being difficult to play against. Right. If the Sharks aren't difficult to play against, then there may have to be a coaching change because then it's not sending the message um, to the younger players that are coming up about what kind of game um, general manager Greer wants them to play. But at this point in time, I don't, David Quinn was not expected to bring this team to the playoffs. This team is not going to the playoffs. He's kind right. of met the expectations that the front office had for him. So I don't know if there's really going to be a coaching change unless something really drastic continues to happen. So if you had to, to recommend one player for Flyers fans to kind of keep an eye on because he might be the guy that does something exciting or, or might be the guy that ends up getting a goal against, who would that player be? Um, I'm going to go a little off the books here. Uh, I love that. I think... <laughs> so, so I think that, like I've talked about, I've talked about Eklund. I've t- we all know about Hurdle. Um, those are fun guys to watch. I think that maybe you watch for Fabian Zetterland. Uh, Zetterland has three of the Sharks' twelve goals, so <laughs> he's got a quarter of the goals for the team That's so pretty far good. this season. <laughs> yeah, he's a guy that the team acquired um, in the Team Elmire deal with the New Jersey Devils. So he's one of the young prospects that the team picked up. And he's one of the lesser talked about ones because they got Shakira Mukamadulin and Nikita Okochuk. Um, But I think that Zetterland is really trying to establish a game where he hits and he shoots and, you know, he, he's got some skill. And I think he might be fun to watch, especially considering that he's the one that's kind of scoring the goals for the Sharks right now. So that's my off the books pick for someone that the, guy, uh, the Flyers fans should watch. Awesome. Um, final question. I ask everyone to give me a shot in the dark prediction for the final score in this game. Um, so I decided that it would be really fun to kind of mess with the history books. We're going 10 to nine. The Sharks are suddenly discover how to score. 10 to nine. Yes. <laughs> 10 to nine Sharks or 10 to nine Flyers? Oh no, 10 to nine Flyers. They're, I don't think they're going to win, okay. but it would be interesting to land in the history books as three straight games losing by 10 goals only to have, but to score nine yourself. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it is, um, it is one of the states that Sharks fans have circled as we might be able to win. I will say that, but I, the way this team is playing, I had really hoped that after being humiliated 10 to one, they would come out and just really kind of take it to the Penguins and they didn't. 
So I'm not sure if that's going to happen mm. this game either. Um, it's well, hilariously, uh, I and a lot of other Flyers fans, I think, um, understand that the most Flyers outcome in this game would be for them to give San Jose their first win. So I'm going to say that the Sharks <laughs> are going to win this game. Maybe like, let's say three to one, one of them being an empty netter. But I okay. I don't know. I can kind of see. I mean, the Flyers traditionally don't do super well on the West Coast road trip. Um, the Sharks, as you said, have a little bit of pride to play for. The Flyers are not. I mean, they've been playing pretty well, but they're not. I mean, like, they're not a, a good, quote-unquote, hockey team. So um, <laughs> there are definitely holes to exploit. And it would be kind of hilarious for the Flyers to be the team that give the Sharks a win. So I'm, I'm going 3-1 Sharks. Sharks fans everywhere, thank you. We need it. <laughs> Erica, if you would like to, why don't you tell people where they can find you on the internet? Oh, I write for Fear the Fin. I mean, so that's pretty much it. At Fear the Fin, I usually manage the Twitter account. We'll see how well I do that. Um, but yeah, that's the best place to find me. Awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. I hope that you enjoy the game. Um, I hope everyone watching the game enjoys it. I will probably be sleeping. <laughs> but I'll catch those highlights in the morning. Um, oh, yeah. Awesome. Everyone enjoy the game. Eric, enjoy the game. Go Flyers. Thanks, Kelly. <laughs>